beautiful. I just kept thinking as I was uh, watching. And I go, That's probably what God sees when God sees the church. You know, uh, really young, immature. They're doing some of their own things, sort of on cue, not on cue. But it comes together beautifully. And because of God's hand and work in us as his people. Um, my name is Drew Smith. Um, uh, the, the privilege of being the pastor here. Welcome those that are here with us physically, those that are with us online. And, and today I've got really good news right out of the chute here. Really, the, today, the, historically, the, this is the season in the, the church called the Christmas season. You know that song um, about a, a partridge in a pear tree? You know, the, the 12 days of Christmas. Well, that that's based on sort of what the church has done historically for centuries, that they celebrated 12 days of Christmas. And so I like to do that. And so we do that. We celebrate 12 days of Christmas. So the, the, there's Advent season that starts like four weeks before Christmas, and that's preparing for Christmas Day. But then Christmas Day starts the 12 days of Christmas. So today actually is the seventh day of Christmas that we're celebrating because the the gift of Jesus and the incarnation is so magnificent, so marvelous. We need 12 days to really get it. But the really good news is for you is that you got five more days of Christmas. So those things you didn't get done. Here you go. Five more days. You can get them done. Gifts you need to buy. uh, Cards you need to send. Decorations to put up. Go ahead. Do it. Because you got five more days. That grace abounds uh, to to all in in Jesus. Now, there's a few other things, though, that about today that I have no control over. Medical expenses, if they're not in by today, they don't count. You know, uh, the IRS stuff, it's got to be in by today or it doesn't count. All those things, those end today. Uh, I can't uh, uh, can't give you good news on that. But on Christmas... Um, I can. And, and today, since we're in the, the seventh day of Christmas, what we're going to look at, particularly here, is the, the day that the wise men came to visit Jesus. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, you can look at it in your pew Bible. You can follow along on the screen. It's, it's a rather long passage, but hang with me. It sort of tells the story here. You've got main characters. you got the wise men. you got King Herod. He's the other person. And then Joseph, who is Jesus' father. Those are the the three main characters in this story that that gives us some guidance about how to seek God's wisdom. Who gets God's wisdom? How do we get um, to to know God's plan and God's truth? Who gets to know that? And also um, things that ways that we can apply it in our lives and ways that we can't. And we, we'll learn that from these these characters in this this story. Let's uh, let's pray together before we turn to Matthew chapter two. Almighty God, we do give you thanks again for your written word that speaks to us of your truth, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and the very eyes of our heart and our hands and our feet to to receive from you, and then to to do what you are calling us to do, because you. You are indeed our good, good Father. You do love us with a love that is unexplainable and uncontainable. And we we want to receive that and live into the fullness of your love and your grace, your forgiveness, your truth. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now, 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of, Jew- of the Jews? For we saw its star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. In assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose, took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. And remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise man, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under. According to the time that he has ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child. And his mother went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called A Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the the first thing to to know about the wise men, so the the first character here, these wise men, they were not Jewish. 
They were not part of the uh, usual crowd that we read about here. They were from what uh, today Iran and Iraq. They were Persian and they were astrologers. I mean, they read the stars. That's that's the language they spoke. That's what they were doing. They were looking at the stars and they had all kinds of tools they would use and other kind of guides. See what the stars were were doing, that they were not Jewish. They did not know of Yahweh. They did not know of the Torah. They did not know of the, the Old Testament scriptures. But God spoke to them. God spoke to them in a language they could understand. That's the the first thing that I want you to know from this passage is that God will lead you if you will follow. That's it. That's what these folks are. They had no other qualification except they were searching for truth and God spoke to them through the stars and they followed. They, They went to see Herod. The, the king and to find out in Jerusalem and then, you know, Herod brought his group together and told them, All right, yeah, they're, they're in Bethlehem. And they went to Bethlehem and worshiped and celebrated. They, they followed what God was telling them and the ways God was telling them along the way to celebrate them. I, I just want you to know that, that if you find yourself in here today for some reason, then that you really wanted to be here. You're here because something grandma wanted you to be here and that was really important. So you're, you're here because somebody was dancing. You're here because you got to go at least one Sunday a year and this is your last opportunity. But you have, you have no real background, you know, in, in the, the Bible and Jesus or anything like that. You're, you, you can spell Jesus, but that's about it. That's okay. God still loves you. And he wants to speak to you if you're interested in following. And it may be, it may be that you're online. You're watching this, some, maybe even someday later. And you're, some, some reason you're looking in and watching this. And it, this sermon may just be for you. These words right here may just be for you. God loves you and, and he wants to speak and give you wisdom and guidance just like he did these astrologers the day Jesus was born. People totally outside what the the church expected. But they're the ones that are seeking truth in their own way. And God will speak to you then. That's that's God's wisdom is available to any and all that that are seeking truth and are ready to follow. Uh, And I invite you to, if not here, to find another place of people. They're seeking to follow God's wisdom. They're seeking to know. I mean, they're they're ready to to study His Word, to get to know Jesus, get to know His character, what He's about. How does God love really love me, and what does it mean then to follow Him? What's His wisdom for me to be with God's people? Who are seeking God through God's word. You're welcome to come here. We have Bible studies on. We have women's Bible study Tuesday morning. We have Bible studies in uh, um, Monday nights. And Thursday morning for for men. Um, Men need it more than women. uh, Just for a variety of reasons. Um, So that's why we have two for men. And we also have growth groups. Just small groups. That that meet regularly sharing life. And sharing Jesus with one another. And looking at the scriptures together. Because we know that's where we find wisdom. And anyone and everyone that is seeking to follow him are welcome to pursue him. And again, if not here, somewhere. If you're seeking that truth, you're wanting to know God's wisdom. As we'll see in this passage, it comes from his word and God's people gathered around it.
Now, the, the second thing, the second character in here is Herod. Now, Herod's really opposite from these, these wise men. He's on the inside and he's got all the power. He, he's the one uh, that is the, the, the king. He's been named by the Roman government. Who They said, all right, you're the king of the Jews. So Herod, you got all the power. And unlike in our um, system of government, there's checks and balances. You know, the, you, the, the person in charge can't just do exactly what they want all the time, even though they might like to. There's other checks and balances that keep them in place. Well, in this situation, King Herod, there's no checks and balances. He can do what he wants, when he wants, and, and nobody can say anything for fear of their lives. So that's, that's what the, the king, uh, Herod, and what he's going to show us here is a tendency that we humans have sometimes that we can use God for our benefit instead of serving God in love. We, we, can, we can use God's wisdom for our benefit instead of truly trying to serve God. That's what Herod was doing. He, he played a good game. He, he told the wise men, hey, y'all go find him, come back and tell me so that I can worship him. No, that's not what he was planning to do. And you saw what he ended up doing. It was terror. It was horror. It was evil to the nth degree. He was so scared, protecting himself, that he heard this new king was born. So he had all the two-year-olds and below killed in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. The, the reality of evil is atrocious among us. And it's also even within us. That, that we, instead of really seeking God for, for God's glory, seeking God in order to serve God, we seek God for our own benefit. To protect ourselves. And that's uh, what Herod did. I've been in a situation once or twice where this happened with young young men who had a vision. Had a vision that the Lord had said that another young woman was going to be their wife. The problem was those young women hadn't had the same vision. God hadn't communicated that to them. But, you know, that, that vision, that vision came from somewhere. Within that young man. But it wasn't from the Lord. And they understood and were corrected in, in time. But that's just an example of ways that Herod, King Herod, can be alive in me and in you. We, we, we humans, we, we like to be in, in control. And when, God, when we go to God... God's the one that's in control. This is why uh, it's a surrender. It's a surrender to God, but it's a surrender to his love. It's a step that we take just a little step at a time to believe and trust that God really is good. What we were singing. That he truly is good and he truly does love you for who he's created you to be. To want you to be exactly what he's created you to be. To flourish that's, that's, a, that's a journey of trust and faith uh, that we can easily, instead of surrendering to God's love, we can seek to use God's love for our own benefit. Uh, you know, another thing to, to notice here is that um, God's plan and God's kingdom doesn't come by force. 
doesn't come by government or political means. It comes by a people who are gathered to surrender to God's love and then live it out with others. Remember that as we enter an election year. The the kingdom of God does not come by force. The kingdom of God comes by a people who are characterized by love and humility and kindness and grace and forgiveness. The same thing you'll find if you start start reading in the the New Testament about Jesus. Because that's what Jesus was about. And that's what his people are to be about. And that's how his kingdom comes. Um, here, we've been, during Advent and Christmas, we've been memorizing one verse a week that sort of captures um, our, our focus. And, and for today, this, uh, this is from James chapter 3, uh, verse 17. This is, the, the, this is what characterized the wisdom from above. James 3, 17. Let's say this together. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Now, what I encourage, first and foremost, those of us that say we're Jesus followers, Alan, just keep that up for a minute, or I'm sorry, Bailey, uh, keep that up just for a minute. Um, then that is what's going to characterize the wisdom of God in our lives. If we're following Jesus, then this is what it means. We're going to be peaceful. We're going to be gentle, open to reason. You know, we're going to be full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Now, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say this to any and all of us that have positions of influence. You know, positions of power, whether it's at work and school in the community. So I'm not, not, not just uh, government officials, but government officials too. But anyone that's in leadership. That's what we're to be about. That's the wisdom of God that that we're to show. That's gentle. That's open to reason. That's impartial, sincere. Full of mercy and good works. Uh, If if you find yourself in a position as a a parent, a a grandparent, a teacher. that, That is how we exhibit the wisdom of God. Amen. All right, so that's Herod. Then the last one is Joseph. Now, now Joseph, he is also an insider. He's one that that knows Yahweh. He knows God and he knows the word. And he's following after after God. And what, what we'll see in him, that he's actually the opposite of Herod. I mean, he's just sort of a working carpenter. He's making ends meet barely. Just able to squeeze it by with a young bride and a child. Uh, but he's seeking to follow after God. And now God has, in a dream, spoken to him. Said, now you're, you're going to be the one that I've chosen to be the father of the Savior of the world. You're the one that's going to be a part of the greatest act of love the world will ever see. God becoming human. And being with us. So that we can relate to him. So that we can engage with him. That he, he, we know that God has experienced everything that we have experienced because he's walked this earth with us. And Joseph was the one that carried that out. But he was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't big and powerful like Herod. We find out, you know, Herod gets in the way, but not Joseph. 
We, we probably, many of us as well, can relate to Joseph. And if that's the case, you're just a person trying to make ends meet, then you have the capacity to carry the love of God, Jesus Christ, in you wherever you go. You have the capacity to make impact just like Joseph did. Not because of anything of our ability or strength, but because of the love of God that resides in us. And as we surrender to that love, and allow that love to continue to form us, as we spend our time looking at who is Jesus, what's he about, what's his character, this is grace and mercy and forgiveness, loving your enemy, how does that work, how does that flow into our lives? As we live that out in our lives, we have impact. That God sees and that others around you will know. But you have that capacity to know that wisdom and live it out just like Joseph did. The the last thing from this particular passage is that God's plan follows God's word. If you notice, in each of the situations with Herod, with The wise men, with with Joseph, there was always a quote from the prophets. Always a quote from God's word. uh, Telling God's plan. In in verses 5 and 6 of the passage we read, Herod pulled his scribes together and they quoted from Micah 5-2, an Old Testament reading, saying, this king's going to be born in Bethlehem. And that led them to Bethlehem. In verse 15, Joseph had a dream that he had to leave. He had to get out. Um, he had to uh, head to um, uh, out of Egypt, and that was, uh, it was the the dream was quoting Hosea 11:1, 1, saying, "Yes, my son will come out of Egypt." In verse 18, when the, with the slaughter of the innocents, the prophets quote Jeremiah 31:17. Uh, saying that a voice will be heard weeping and crying. This is a, that, that there will be evil reaction to God's plan, but His plan will not be thwarted. See, that this is the good news. In the midst of the evil and terror and horror that is around us, God's plan is not thwarted. So if we're seeking God's wisdom, seeking to follow and lead after God's wisdom, we know that will always prevail. And a day will come when Jesus will return and make all things right. And what we have done serving God will be affirmed and celebrated upon Jesus' return. And then finally, verse 23, we're told that when Joseph came back, he was given a dream. You need to go back to to Hang out in Nazareth. That's where Jesus will be raised. And we're, we're told that that was also a fulfillment of the prophecy. Now, one thing about that, that particular prophecy. The word Nazareth doesn't really occur in the Old Testament. So there's a lot of questions. Hmm, what exactly are they talking about here? It's probably Isaiah 53.3. is a great passage to look at. It talks about how the Messiah, this one that's going to be born, Jesus, he's not really going to be good looking. There's not going to be anything pretty unique about him. He's going to look like every other little boy born in his area of the world at his time. He's just going to look normal. And again, that and it's Nazareth was sort of seen as an average community. 
There's even uh, when somebody in the New Testament, um, in the gospel starts to talk about, yeah, Jesus is from Nazareth. Somebody cries out, well, what good comes out of Nazareth? Yeah, that, that's sort of where Jesus came from. What good comes out of that neighborhood? Well, Jesus comes out of normal, everyday arrangements that you and I live in. He relates to us. You see, see the message, this passage? It is for anybody and everybody. The wisdom of God is not for people like me that study it and can tell you what the Greek and the Hebrew says. It is for everybody and anybody from whatever neighborhood they've come from. Because we are all created in the image of God. And that desire to know God's wisdom, that desire to be connected from God, is true for you and me. And as we follow it, God honors it and leads us in the way of life that is fulfilling, uh, that is prosperous in all of God's ways. Now, what we see from this particular passage then that Jesus is the revelation of God. What Jesus says, God says. What Jesus says, God does. So if we want to know this love of God, we want to know God's wisdom, our focus is to know Jesus. So here's, here's my challenge for you as we start a new year tomorrow. It's just for 45 days. Just for 45 days. And it's five minutes a day. Just to start off. Five minutes a day. What I challenge you, invite you to do, is read the book of Mark three times in 45 days. Now, it won't, it won't take you that much because Mark is only 15 chapters. And what I read today was like a, was a chapter to Matthew. And that's what the, the, the length of a chapter in Mark. So it wasn't long. You just read it every day for 45 days and you'll read through the book of Mark three times. And that, that'll give you an idea of who Jesus is. And you'll get an idea of who Jesus is, uh, you know, from the horse's mouth, as my grandmother used to say. You, we'll get it from God's word. We won't get it from any place else. Because if, you, if, you're, if you're deciding not to follow Jesus, if you want to reject him, I want you at least to reject the Jesus of God's word, not the Jesus that somebody else has told you about or that you've experienced or your imagination. But just do, do, do that. Read five minutes a day. Uh, read through uh, a chapter of Mark every, every day. And uh, then in 45 days, you've read through it three times. Now, if you're feeling the one a little extra credit, uh, you, you can then, you know, just take a minute and write down what you learn. Hey, what, what, what I learned about God? What I learned about myself? What emotions come up when I read this? What questions do I have? And what is God telling me through this? So you can, again, just take that one chapter a day for uh, 45 days and you'll read through that. And then, and again, continue to be a part of what other Bible studies or groups you might be a part of. But let this be a way that you can really explore what's God telling me? What wisdom does he have for me? From the outsider, like the astrologers from Persia, 
to the insider, like Joseph, God desires to lead and guide us in his wisdom so that we might flourish in him. Be careful. Be careful of the Herod inside of you. Be careful of that Herod because Herod will want to take God's word and make it about you instead of making you be about God. So be be careful and watchful uh, for that so that we might all continue to grow in this wisdom from above that's pure and peaceable. It's gentle, full of good works and mercy, sincere and impartial. And what would happen if just us in our city Okay, we're going to read this for these 45 days. We're going to select this kind of wisdom of God, pour through us, and, and be who, you know, form us and characterize what we say and do. What would happen in our community? Now, some of you might even get kicked out of your house. Somebody took my, my husband and made him into something else. Be, you'll be scaring people how much we might get changed. My kids may not recognize me. If I start living along this way. But what, what an exciting opportunity as we enter into this year. Knowing God desires to lead us into his wisdom. And a wisdom that will have impact on those that are around us. Just like little old Joseph. Let's take 20 seconds silence. Just take this time to... As, as silent it is, as it'll be in this room right now. But just silence, just reflecting, just to say, ah, what did God, what's God said to me in this moment? And then I'll lead us in prayer.